Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Songwriter said, I'll worship you with all that's in me. Is that, is that what he said? Amen. That is so appropriate. It's, it's comely. It's proper. <laughs> it is proper to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus Christ a hand clap. Let's give him a little praise. Amen. Thank God for our choir. Amen. We're so grateful Sister Angela's family is here with her today. We want to welcome them again. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to continue our study in the book of Colossians, the epistle to the church at Colossae. And we're in chapter 3, and we talked about already, while you uh, find it, we talked already about how um, if you're risen, since you're risen with Christ, you set your affections and your ideals and things above. In other words, it's telling us, we remember it's telling us that we ought to be concerned about what the Lord is concerned about. And we need to be concerned about what he wants us to do, our place and our, our, our position, who we are in him, and the kind of things that he will have us to do in obedience to his word. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. We're not talking about uh, having daydreaming and, and fantasizing about being in heaven and stuff like that. We're not talking about doing that because you're going to have to fantasize about that because you're going to show up there one day. Yeah. Amen? I remember uh, a person who all he did was talk about heaven, going to heaven. He wasn't dying. He wasn't that old. But all he was talking about going to heaven because his loved ones had passed. And that's all he was talking about. And it, was, it wasn't proper. Okay? As much as we want to be there, um, and everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go today. Right? It's just not proper. <laughs> Amen. So anyhow, so we, you know, so... When we talk about our affection and our desires, we want to have, we want the Lord to help us with those desires. What would you have me to do should be our attitude. Amen? So that's what we're talking about. Now we jump down to verse 5. He says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And then he lists them. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil <laughs> Confucius sense. I practiced this word downstairs. I really did. <laughs> Covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. It doesn't say the disobedient children, the children of disobedience. And, of course, you guys are not in that group if you're believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. So, so we understand that we are the church, and we are the called out ones, and we are the born again believers, and we're made up of people who used to be junkies, whores, thieves, liars, and cheats, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and sinners in general. Amen? Say amen. We're talking about all of you. All of us. That's who we used to be. And now we're changed. He has changed us. He has made us new creations in Christ Jesus. He's given us a place in heaven. We belong to Christ. We are, we are saved from sin and judgment and degradation and things like that. And now that we have this salvation, we have to change our behavior. He has changed us. Okay? 
When you come to faith in Jesus, you are changed. The moment you say, yes, Lord, he saves you, he changes you, he makes you different. You are a new creation. Now we have to change our conduct and our behavior and how we, and how we go about things. Okay? So the writer here is telling us, put these things away. In other words, stop doing it. And look at the list. And there's other lists in the Bible similar to this, right? He said, on a fornication, it's just, fornication is just any sexual act outside the marriage bounds of a man and a woman, a male and a female adult. Okay? So there's a whole list of things we can put under fornication. You know, adultery, homosexuality, um, pedophilia, and a whole bunch of stuff. All right? That's fornication. It's just sexual immorality. Uncleanness is just being nasty, dirty. You know, people have got some dirty folk. I'm not talking about physical dirty. I'm talking about dirty in your mind. Dirty old man, dirty old woman, young man, whoever. You heard that phrase before. He's a dirty old man. It's not just the men. It's not just the old men. Okay? There's some dirty folk. Inordinate affection let me read the school book definition for you. Inordinate affection is um, not within proper or reasonable limits. Immoderate, excessive. That's what inordinate means. And affection is how you feel about people and things. All right? So, uh, so inordinate affection means that they're over the limit. They're going too far. You, you could have a crush on somebody. You could, like, I, you know, I got a crush on some, so-and-so, right? And that's a, you know, you got feelings, you know, a little infatuation and stuff like that. But inordinate affection will be stalking the person, <laughs> fantasizing about the individual, right? Um, I can't sleep, can't, can't eat, can't sleep until I get with her. You know, that's, in, or that's crazy. That's inordinate. And people go through that. All right? It's not, it's not within normal boundaries. It's improper. Okay? And compupiscence, I got it, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's, it basically, it's just strong sexual desires and lust. That's why it says evil compupiscence, because there's a place for sexual desire, all right? And that place should be within the confines of marriage. But, evil ev but when it's evil, it's outside of that. And so you have sexual desires for anything outside your spouse. It's just wrong. Okay? It's just wrong. And that's, what, that's the kind of stuff that the writer here is telling us. And to covet, covetedness when you desire somebody else's stuff. All right? I want your job. I want your wife. I want your car. It's yours and I want it. Right? And it leads to idolatry, it leads to bad behavior, it leads to conspiracy, it leads to other things that, that are not good. It leads to all this stuff, right? And so, so the writer said, put away the, mortify means to kill it, bury it, put it away. Stop behaving this way. And because we're new creations in Christ Jesus, we have the power to do it. Yeah, we do. We have the power to do it, we have the ability, and we have the help. To stop doing those things we used to do. And I don't care what you used to be out in the world. You could, now that you're in Christ Jesus, he gives you the authority and the power and the ability not to, com 
not to participate in these activities anymore. You have to give yourself the desire to do it. Amen? You have to have a want to. Look what it says here in verse 6. Which things sake the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. We used to live in that stuff. Amen? Well, I don't have, you don't have to say amen because maybe you didn't do that. All right? But in general, we were all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember, um, you may have read, you may have listened, when um, Lot was in Sodom and the angels came to visit Lot to get him out and the men of Sodom, the men of Sodom were knocking on his door so we want to know these guys. You got guests here. We wanna, they want to know them like Adam knew Eve. They wanted to have sex with them. That's inordinate affection. And that's, 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 that's the um, strong sexual desire, lust, that's just wrong. Amen? That's an example of those things. And that's just out of order. And it's crazy. Right? It's crazy to us. But there are people who have strong desires to do these things, and they are not right. You heard about Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was a regular dude, right? Started looking at dirty magazines. Then that wasn't enough, right? So he had to find more explicit stuff. And after a while, that wasn't enough. Then he had to have real life experiences. After a while, that wasn't enough. Then he had real life experiences which ended up in murder and torture, right? Because so when you open yourself up, the devil comes in. He comes in and, and then and he just, uh, you just get out of control. He was out of control, y'all. Now, some of y'all don't know who this person is. You may want to Google him because we got Google today. How about that? All right. You may want to Google him and find out who this guy Ted Bundy was, right? But I want to give you this little bit of information since we're talking about him, that sometime while he was in prison, sometime during his prison experience, he got saved. And though he was sentenced to death, he was looking forward to it. He was looking forward to it because he was going to be with Jesus. Now, he wasn't dying for the gospel, say he was dying for his crimes, which he was guilty of, which he admits he was guilty of, Right? But he, he, got, he came to faith. So God can save anybody. He can save him, you, me, everybody. He can save anybody. Okay? All right, so here's what he said. He said, so these things stop doing. There's another short list we got to look at. Verse 8. But now ye also put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Church folk, you got no business cussing and carrying on. Right? Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, that old life we used to have, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, we are renewed. It should, I wish it said we, we, we're, one place it says we're renewed daily, right? We're renewed after the knowledge of Christ. We are made new. It's a metamorphosis, right? We've been changed. The, the caterpillar is no longer a caterpillar. 
He's a butterfly now, right? He's been changed. Went into cocoon. He fixed himself up, got in there. And what the Lord does with the caterpillar is make that caterpillar a butterfly. And he comes out. You, by the way, the caterpillar, the butterfly has the same DNA, right? Even though he becomes a new creation, he's the same, right? And he becomes a butterfly. So we made new. And now that we're made new, there's some other things we need to not do. And some of them are in our mind, and some of them are in our actions. So we have to think right, and we have to act right. And we have to talk right. That's what the Lord is telling us to do. So because we're, we're, we're Christians now. And let's be Christian. Okay? We didn't get saved just so we could go to heaven. All right? We got saved so we could live this thing out. So we could live out what it means to be a man, a woman, a child of God. Okay? And so now that we have this change, we need to change. Now that we've been changed, we need to change. You understand what I'm saying? We need to change our conduct and our behavior. He said, and so, you know, so we're renewed after the knowledge. We're renewed in, we're renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created us. All right? Any man being Christ, he's a new creation. Remember that? Okay. It says, where there is something about in Christ, in Christ there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, um, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. In Christ we are all in all. You know the distinctions between race, the distinctions between race and nationality and gender and money and different things that separate us are not that way in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Yep. So now it tells us to put some stuff on. Put on therefore, verse 12, as the elect of God, as the chosen of God, holy and beloved, we are holy and beloved. I hope you understand that as we need to go back to Ephesians. You are holy and you are beloved. Bowels of mercy, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Amen? That means long-suffering is being put up with stuff. This doesn't mean that you accept abuse. All right? Let me put the disclaimer out there. It doesn't mean you, you accept abuse and things like that. But you, you, in your dealings with people, you forbear with people. You be patient with them. Right? And they get on your nerves, right? And so you try to work with them anyway. Especially your family members. Uh-huh. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. <laughs> if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. He wants us to, it wants us to forgive each other. He didn't say that you wait for them to repent and wait for them to apologize. He wants it to be a part of us to be our inclination to forgive. That takes a little work, doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't come natural. But you have to have a want to. You have to desire, Lord, help me to forgive this one because every time I see her, I just want to grip my teeth. You know, you got to ask for help. All right, you got to ask for some help. You know? All right, and the Lord will help you. You have the ability to do this with the Lord's help. To forgive, right? And by the way, since you're forgiven, you need to seek forgiveness too. 
because chances are you probably messed up with somebody. Chances are, right? Especially those close to you. All right. Uh, Forbear one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel, forgive him. Right? Verse 14. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness, the bond of perfection. Right? And let peace of God rule in your hearts. Your hearts is your mind, folks. To the which ye also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. All right? So he says, you know, so he wants us, especially in dealing with each other, because one of the signs of the believers that we have love for one another. But he wants us to be forgiving. He wants us to be tolerant. You know, I don't mean tolerant like this new tolerance that they talk about in the world. I mean, you know, being able to deal with people. You know, don't be so fast to cut folk off. You know what I mean by cutting people off, right? I got no dealings with you. Got my life. This is it for you. No more. No, no. Stay away. All right. Don't be so fast to do that. Now, they, you, may, you may find an occasion where that's the proper thing to do, but I hope it doesn't come quickly. All right. Because we have an inclination to forgive. We want to be forgiven. Yes, we do. So we should, we should want to forgive. And I understand it's challenging. We're challenging you today. All right, we're going to challenge you to, to be forgiven. Forgive somebody this week. You know, somebody's going to mess up. Forgive them. And seek forgiveness, too, because you'll probably mess up yourself. Right? You know, admit that you're wrong. When you're wrong, admit that you're wrong. You know, because everybody's right in their own eyes. I could rationalize and make myself right. Okay? You know, I did... Um, Okay, so I'm dealing with my wife, right? She's dealing, she's dealing, rather she's dealing with me. And I said, well, you didn't do such and such a thing, right? And she said, you, you should have done this. Well, you didn't do that, and we're gonna, gonna, I'm trying to rationalize my behavior and make myself right. It doesn't work. At some point, I got to say, okay, I'm sorry. You know, at some point, you know. And I'm not saying that that's just the position that all men are in. I'm not saying that. Because sometimes the husband is correct, Michael. Ozell, Deke, sometimes the husband is correct. That's why, he gave, that's why the Lord gave him children. Amen? <laughs> Anyhow, let's get back to this here. And I lost my place. All right, so anyhow, so what we're talking about, we're talking about how, how um, we're talking about forgiveness, seek forgiveness, offer forgiveness, and seek forgiveness all the time. Okay? And if you're wrong, admit that you're wrong. If you don't understand, admit that you don't understand. The Bible says, confess your sins. He, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It also says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. 
And sometimes your faults are things you feel. Right? I'm feeling hurt. I'm sad. And I need to confess my sadness. I need to confess my hurt. You know, some church folks don't allow you to do that. Because you're supposed to always be victorious. You know, woo, woo, woo. Stuff like that. But if you're hurt, if you're grieved, if you're sad, you need to say so. You need to be honest. Amen? All right? Else you'll have some other issues. Okay, and so we need to do those things. Let's see what else the Bible says here. Okay, um, verse 14. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, agape, okay, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So we want to be at peace. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, Right? He gives us his peace. All right, so he left it with us. He gives us his peace. And look what verse 16 says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Okay, so let's keep the word of God in us and let's share the word of God with each other. You got to keep it in your mind and your heart. And we need to share with each other. And it says, admonishing one another, okay? That means like testifying and encouraging and challenging one another. Right? With psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. All right? So he wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to be patient. He wants us to be forbearing. He wants us to be thankful. You know, other places talk about thankfulness, be thankful in all things. You know, there's a whole lot of scriptures we can read along with this to say the same thing. And this is how he wants us to be because we're, because we're changed now. Because we're new creations in Christ Jesus. Now that we're believers, we, are, we need to conduct ourselves in certain ways and we need to think a certain way. You know, another scripture talks about how we ought to think. Think on these things, things which are pure and righteous and good, those kind of things. You know, good report. We need to think that way. If we get our thoughts together, you know, we will behave different. You know? Now, in some places, sometimes the Bible says to us, commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. There are some times I don't have the mind to do it. And I force myself to do it. Like tomorrow. Tomorrow you're going to get up and go to work. Somebody doesn't want to. Somebody doesn't want to report tomorrow. But they're going to do it anyway. Right? They're going to force themselves out of bed, force themselves in the car or in the commute, and get to that location. And hopefully when they get there and when they start performing, their mind, will, their thoughts will catch up to them. Sometimes you have to force yourself to do it. Okay? So commit your works unto the Lord. I'm working for the Lord. Lord, I'm doing this as unto you. I'm going to show up here. I don't like these people, but I'm going to work here anyway. And, and, and I thank you for the job. I don't know if you told me to take this job. Maybe I was in the flesh when I took it. But I, I got the job, and I'm getting paid, and I, I thank you for it, 
and, and until you give me another one, because I'm looking, um, help me get the best out of this work. Amen? I feel bad for all you folks who have jobs you don't like. I know, that's, I, know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Right? And when they closed my office, I worked for AT&T, and when they closed that office, everybody took jobs. And this boy said, I'm going to full-time ministry. That might have been a mistake. All I know, I didn't want to do any more customer service. <laughs> That's all I knew. Lord have mercy. You folks who do that, God bless you. You are better than I am. You deal with those people on the phone. And I know, because I'm that kind of customer. You know, you know, kind of demanding. Act like I don't understand what you're saying. I'm that kind of customer. <laughs> Anyhow, but let's get back here. Okay, let's see what the Bible says. So be thankful. You don't have to, you don't have to wait till November to be thankful. Amen. We need to be thankful. In general, we need to have a condition of thanks. So we're thankful to the Lord. And when we're going through and when we're being challenged and when things hurt and when we suffer, we need to find a place in us to be, talk to the Lord and ask him to help me, Lord, to be thankful. I'm not thankful for the pain. I'm not thankful for the hurt. I'm not thankful for the offense, right? But I am thankful that you are my God and that you're going to help me get through this thing, right? I'm not thankful for sickness. I get sick. I'm not thankful that I'm throwing up and being all sick. Thank you, Jesus. No, I'm not doing that. I'm more like, help me get out of this top. Deliver me from this thing. That's where I'm praying. I'm not saying, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm sick as a dog. Can't go to work. Can't do anything. I'm sick. I'm not saying, thank you, Jesus, for that. But I'm praying to him, asking him to help me, and I'm thanking him because I know he's going to help me out. All right? I mean, let's be real. Amen? So be thankful. And, be, and, you know, it's okay to thank other people, too. Like we're talking about being thankful, and I'm telling these veterans that you don't know, thank you for your service. Right? We need to be that way. Because these people are volunteers now. Now, back in the day, they were drafted. But these folks who are serving today are volunteers. And because they're volunteering, because there's enough of them volunteering, your son and your daughter does not have to get drafted. Your sister, your brother, your spouse is not called into service. All right? So you need a CC body, somebody who's serving, say, thank you for serving. Because you're there and I'm not. Amen? Anyhow, but let's be thankful. You know, there's some people don't even say thank you when you open the door for them. Right? And, you know, I, 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 th I thought I was a gentleman. And I realized I'm not. Because when I hold the door, I want you to say something. <laughs> if I was a real gentleman, it wouldn't bother me. I just hold the door and just keep going, Right? But I realize I'm not the gentleman I thought I was. You know, are you kidding me? Right? 
So I, I, got, I got some upcoming, I got some stuff to do, Derek. I need to come around. I thought I was a real gentleman. I realized I'm not as much a gentleman as I thought. Because I want to hear something. And I hold that door for you. Man, woman, child, whoever you are. You're supposed to say gracias. Thank you. You know, and I'll pretend like, no problem. <laughs> Be thankful. Folk don't thank you for their meals. People serve you at the restaurant, at the gas station, places you go. Say thank you to them. And if you're doing the serving, you should be thanking them because they brought business to your establishment. Amen? Amen. You talk to these folks on the phone, thank them. After they serve you, after they take care of your situation, or they attempt to help you, say thank you. Amen. Even if you're not all that thankful, say it anyway. Don't worry. Your thoughts will catch up to you. All right? Somebody give you something, say thank you. You know, you get this, you know, you get the gift that you, it's not the gift you really wanted, but you got a gift. Thank you for the gift. Amen. Amen. Say thank you. I mean, just, just practice this stuff. Mama taught us these things, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Right? You know, even though the grump sat at the table, it just said salt. Right? The rest of us knew to say thank you and please, please and thank you, you know, those kind of things, like the songwriter said. Okay? Anyhow, but we ought to be thanking God all the time. We ought to be grateful to the living God because we could be in a worse shape. We, we could be back out in the world. We could be um, on our way to hell. We could be bound up by drugs and alcohol and, and sexual immorality and things like that. We could be suffering all these things and the Lord is delivering us. If, he, if, if you're not delivered, he's in the process of delivering you. And we ought to be thankful for that. Amen? And as bad as things appear sometimes, it could be worse. And for many people, it has been worse. Amen? So let's be thankful. And let's try to treat people decent. You know, the golden rule. They call it the golden rule, you know. And they have quotes in, the, in school buildings. And they, they need to just erase golden rule and put Jesus. Because he's the one that said, do unto others as you have them do unto you. And they call it the golden rule. They need to just scratch golden rule out and just put, quote, by Jesus Christ. But that's not going to happen in public school. All right, but those kind of things. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And he wants us to do it, and he gives us help to do it. Nothing God gives us to do is impossible to us because we have help. You hear what I'm saying? He will help us to do all, everything we listed here is doable because he helps us. Now, when you get down to verse 18, start talking about relationships, your husbands and wives and children and servants and masters and stuff like that. We're not going to do that today, okay? But everything he gives us to do, he helps us to do it. So it's not impossible. It may be difficult, and we admit that things are difficult. It's difficult to forgive you of all hurt things you did to me. That is difficult, right? It's difficult to admit that I'm wrong when I'm wrong. It's difficult to go on and treat 
this certain people group who've been hating on me for a long time to treat them like brothers and sisters. It's challenging. It's difficult. But the Lord will help me. The Lord will help you. Wherever you have difficulty in this list here, the Lord will help you do it. If you have inordinate affection, if you have some stuff going on with you, if you have things that, that are not natural, you have natural feel, unnatural feelings, God will help you get over that. He will help you get over that. But you need to seek the help. You need to seek the help. You need to admit that you have an issue so he can help you with it or provide somebody to help you with it. Amen? You are not by yourself. You are not alone. You are not lost. You are not without hope. And somebody said, well, Pastor, it's easy for you to get up there and say those things. And sure, it's easier said than done. Of course it is. But Jesus is still our help. Okay? So ask for help. And the body is here to help you too. That's why we have the church. That's why we, we're the body. We're here to help each other. We're helpers of one another. Amen? Amen. We can do this thing. Come on, let's stand together.